someone with half your IQ. They ain't as smart as you. They ain't as exposed as you are, but they, they're living a life that's 10 times as happier than yours right now. I, that's literally, I've been reading it every morning since. And like, that's the thing I want, like I want you to feel it. Because like, you, until you get uncomfortable enough with where you are, nothing's gonna change. This episode of the Secrets to Success podcast is brought to you by none other than Organifi. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, the green juice, can supercharge your life, restore that glow, and help you feel decades younger in just 30 seconds per day without you having to worry about shopping for ingredients, mixing and blending them, and then that cleanup afterwards. You don't have to do any of that. All ingredients are USDA organic, vegan friendly, and made without GMO ingredients, gluten, or soy. Where else can you get superfoods like chlorella, moringa, spirulina, wheatgrass, ashwagandha, turmeric, just to name a few. And because you listen to the Secrets to Success podcast, you get to save 20% on your entire order. So go right now to www.organifi.com forward slash success. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I forward slash success and get you and your family something that really makes a difference in your health. You ready? All right. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined as always by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley Phillips. Make some noise. What's going on? <laughs> to my right, your left, you got uh, Dr. King in the building. Give it up for him, y'all. And I should have called, called E, see if you can get E on the FaceTime or something. You know what hey, I mean? You, he got FOMO. Bro, let me tell you, look. You know how a lot of y'all got Instagram and everything? You can kind of see who all in your DMs and your stories and stuff. Bro, I'm telling you, E has been in my stories, <laughs> in my D. I'm talking about, E was on the, E was like, hey, Ma. You know, he leave the craziest voicemails. He was like, hey, Ma, this is E.T. Like, no, nah, I know who you are, first off. And then he was just like, yeah, I see y'all out there, man. I see y'all doing your thing. Like, man, Ma, if you, I'm sorry I can't be. Man, if you need me, though, Ma, I can, I can get on the Zoom. He said, and if a Zoom not good, I, I could go check some airlines and come drop right in in Jamaica, then fly right back out, man. I said, E, we got it, dog. He's like, I just know how CJ be messing with you. And he's like, I just, I just know. Hey, uh, Dr. Thomas, you're live on the Secret to Success podcast. How are you, sir? What up, Doc? Hey, the whole crowd can hear you. So, hey, we about to get started, but, you know, I, I couldn't uh, not hit the OG and let him get a couple words off to the people. Go for it. What up, people? What up, world? What up, make real estate real? Hey, if I had one word for you guys, you know, as you leave, um, you know, the beautiful island, you know, of Jamaica, you know, I was asking C the other day, how was the food? And, you know, C said, hey, the, what do you call it? The, the rice and peas or the, the jerk chicken? He was like, you know, it's signature. Like, that's, that's their thing, you know? So I'm asking you when you go home, what culture are you going to create? You know, it's like, we already know, you know, you, you, we already know what you're trying to do as an individual. 
you know, but what culture? We know Jamaica is that jerk chicken, it's that rice and peas. So for you, when you get back home, what's your culture? Like, what would you be known for? What would be synonymous, you know, for you and yours? So that's what I would say, man. When you go home, don't just go back with the phenomenal memories, pictures, memorabilia, like whatever it is you do, property, but like create a culture so that the people around you you know, can um, take what you've learned and duplicate that, you know, in their own space. So, um, yeah, man, enjoy the rest of your time in Jamaica. Congrats, Maul. Make real estate real. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys on, I'll see you guys in Dubai uh, for uh, Dubai a- exposure. Give it up for E.T., y'all. All right, man, love you. Love you. Talk to you later. Uh, let's hear from Carl, man, because Carl dodged me the other night. I was, <laughs> everybody was ready to hear from you. Carl, how's your experience been in Jamaica thus far? And, um, I told Carl, you're you from right down the street, ain't you? Just, you know, Barbados can't be too far. Just down the hill a little bit, but everybody's been asking me the question, like, man, what's it feel like, like to be back in the Caribbean? And I'm like, it feels great. And the reason it feels great is because it solidified the decision that my family made. All right? Like, my family made, and some of y'all listen to the podcast, some of y'all, right? It's a couple. Um, but my family made a decision to, you know, migrate to the United States years ago. And everybody's like, man, you left this warm weather, you left all that. But what I didn't have then was the exposure. Mm. Right? I was exposed to island life, but I wasn't exposed to the stuff that I needed to be able to come back to the island, this version of Carl. So to be back here, this version of Carl, you know, exposed to everything, man, exposed to you guys, everything we've done in the last 15 years, like it's a whole different experience, right? Um, literally, my, my mom was teasing me. We could, my parents, so those of you who knew my parents were with me for a while. They're back in Barbados now, so we're like, man, who we got to keep the kids? So my wife's brother, listen to this, my wife's brother from Barbados came up, and my mom was like, oh, you big time now. You got international babysitters, right? So, but we calling the kids, and they, bro, they're having a phenomenal time with him, and it's just like, man, I'm here, everything's taken care of, and I'm here just with my family, with my family, man, just a, a whole new experience, man, loving every bit of it. Give it up for Carl, y'all. Um... I got a question that I never asked Maul before, and I wanted to take the time to do it now, so I had to write it down so I didn't forget it. Um, what's it like working with somebody as talented as I am? <laughs> hey, y'all see why I can't never take him serious, doc? I mean, I'm over here like, he about to ask me something deep. I'm like, okay, come on, Jamal. Got him. <laughs> got him. Oh, man. It's I'm so just... crazy, too. Y'all, look, I can't stand this dude. But, but, but listen, but I can't stand to be away from him. Oh, come on. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Oh, it's so crazy. We are we're together, like, I'm talking about every day. All right, I do got a real question for you, right? Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to get that off. Uh, Pause. So, y'all, <laughs> so, as y'all know, you know, when I met Maul, um, Maul didn't have Facebook, you didn't have no. Instagram, I mean literally nothing. And Maul had one of them phones where you call him and it's like, he got so many voicemails that he can't even accept voicemails. No. Um, and that, that's how you know people rich, because it's like, man, you ain't worried about nobody calling you about an opportunity, <laughs> nothing. He's just like, look, voicemail full. Um, 
but I wanted to know from you, you know, because I, I'll be honest with y'all, I dragged Maul into this space because I knew how much y'all needed it and the information and all of those things. And I was like, bro, I know this ain't your thing. You and Camille live very private lives, but the people need to hear this. And when we, I think, love, what'd you say? Episode 105? Yeah. 105. Yep. Um, when we brought you on the podcast, my assumptions were confirmed by the response that we got. So I want to know from you, now that you're in the space, right? We see Maul speaking at, you know, um, InvestFest and all these other conferences and people know who you are now. What's the thing that surprised you the most about what you were doing in silence and now that you've brought it to the forefront? Wow. The thing that surprised me the most, what I was doing in silence. Um, I mean, first off, when Camilla and I, when we first started investing, I promise y'all, like, we did not have... It wasn't, I wasn't doing it for other people. I was doing it for the bloodline. I was doing it for family. I was doing it for legacy. I was doing it for generational wealth. I didn't see like all of the people on the outside that would be affected by it. So therefore I didn't have social media. It wasn't important for me to, to actually post everything that I do. You know, and it's crazy because I was posting things, but the things that I was posting was to my family. I was showing my family what it is we're doing. I would sit up, my Instagram, before Instagram was even created, was literally creating a vision and showing Camille, this is what we're accomplishing in life, and this is why we're doing it. So I never felt like I needed any kind of social media, um, but it wasn't until when you came about, and even after we did episode 105, I kind of still was like, hey man, I'm from Chicago. And CJ was like, man, what that mean? You know, CJ from a small, Country town, I'm talking about, I'm talking about country, country. Got a few stoplights. Oh, I mean country. Crack chicken. And you know, my people from Chicago know what it means when you say, man, I'm from Chicago. We can't be putting stuff out there like that. We can't just be showing, you know, like, hey, I live in a 20,000 square foot house. I got this, I got, you just don't put your business out there like that. Especially being a police officer. They was already thinking I was like Nino, not Nino Brown, but uh, Denzel from Training Day. You know, I'm talking about they was already on me. And I was telling C like, dog, I don't know if this is the best thing to do, bro. Like they, like they literally on me. They, they already like, what police officer lives in a 20,000 square foot home? And so I was just like, you know, like, I don't know if this is the best thing, but it wasn't until CJ, and it's crazy because it's a manifestation, right? CJ actually, he spoke this into existence. CJ was just like, he hit me with that, hey, Maul, like, I understand what you're saying. I understand that you live in Chicago. I understand that, you know, you don't want to really put it out there. But, bruh, by not putting it out there, there's a father. There's a father. And as I'm looking down the audience, I'm saying, Nick, right here. He said, there's a father. He spoke you. He spoke all of you all into existence years ago. He was like, man, there's a father that want to be able to do the same things that you're doing for your family. Bro, it's a, it's a husband that want to, like, take his wife and, 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 and retire her, give her a phenomenal life, give her, a, uh, you know, me, CJ, we, say, we all say our wives are ladies of leisure. You know, they, Camille, all she got to do is just wake up. That's it. I didn't buy a 20,000 square foot house so my wife could clean it. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. It's too early. Slow down, yeah, slow down, Maul. Slow down. came in hot today. Hey, we're going to church today. I didn't buy a 20,000 square foot house so my wife could clean it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't put all these clothes in the closet so she could iron it every day. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, I, I didn't create a chef's kitchen so that my wife could be in there slaving every single day. 
You know, I, I wanted to create a life. She, you know, my last name is King, and I am a king. So therefore, she's my queen. So therefore, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to create a lifestyle that served both of us, and it added to our life and not take away in any kind of form. But when he had me um, do this, because I was against it, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I've said that from day one. I was kind of like, man, what, you want me to do what? And he just felt like it was so important. He was just like, Ma, you don't even understand, bro. Like, you got information that can change people's lives. And he was like, and you really holding it to yourself. And I was like, wow. And I never even thought about it like that. And so now, you know, that I'm doing it and I'm seeing the lives change. And I'm seeing husbands and fathers. You know, I'm looking over here, Ray. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's just amazing, bro. So I don't even, I, the question, man, I don't even know what you even asked me, but I just... I know it was a correlation. You lost me when you said your wife didn't have to do no laundry and no cooking. I'm, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> I showed up, be coming to the crib like, we ain't got nothing to eat. <laughs> Some salmon, nothing. No, but I mean, seriously, like, what are you investing for? Like, I, I mean, ask yourself, and you know, write this down. Are you investing to be a burden to somebody or to be a blessing to somebody? Think about that. Are you investing to be a burden to someone or to be a blessing? And I wanted to be a blessing. I wanted to, at the end of life, don't know when that's going to be, but at the end of life, I just want to make it where, you know, where my wife, my children, whatever, any, everybody, not even just them, everybody, where it's just like, hey, Jamal made our life so much easier. And that's what I, that's what I use real estate for. That's what I use business for. That's what I use. And I got to the point where, and this is what I was talking about the other day when I was speaking. Like, you guys can take the same information that you have and not just affect the ones that's with you now, but you can affect the ones that you'll never meet. When you really get good at this thing, you got the information, you could literally affect the ones that you will never meet. And that's what I'm on right now. I'm on seriously legacy, and I'm on not only affecting the ones that I will never meet in my life, but I'm on affecting the ones in your life that you will never meet. Yeah, this question is for both of y'all. Carl, you can start. Um, you know, a lot of us are first-generation, let's not even say wealth, first-generation investors, right? And, like, I know I come from the Midwest. Um, you know, my family was in the auto industry, and we lived a middle-class life, right? And so most of us in here probably didn't grow up in, like, super privilege, yeah. but we lived a middle-class life. And to me, middle-class meant we ain't got everything, but we ain't struggling either. But yeah. we also never, like, I never even heard the word invest coming up, right? Yeah. And so it was a foreign concept when I started saying, I'm going to purchase a property. I'm, you know, I'm going to spend, you know, X amount of dollars to, and it's like, whoa, you spending what? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, obviously Maul taught me that I wasn't spending my money. Right. I was transferring my money. But that was a concept that, you know, I didn't understand. So, Carl, for you, obviously being, you know, we grew up very similar, even though you grew up on the island in terms of our parents and providing and stuff like that, we had enough. But nobody was ever talking about, oh, you need to invest, you need to get this, you need to get that. How has it been for you as a first-time investor and kind of having to navigate through those waters of, you know, family, like, wait, what you doing? I'll be honest. I got st some family members still looking at me crazy. Like, I'll just be real with y'all. It's like, you doing what? And... Again, when you y'all y'all probably understand this. When you get the information, you ready to just go tell everybody. Like, man, I, I just heard this stuff from Mall, and man, we could invest and we do this. I remember doing that to like some of my family members, and they just looked at me like, "Do what now?" 
And I'm like, yeah, y'all don't understand, though. Like, it could be like, you could do a buying haul. And I'm just rattling off at the mouth. And like, people going to be paying you. heard of the ARV? <laughs> right. And they're looking at me like, what? And I'm like, yo, you ain't got to. I'm like, yeah, your mom, and you could take care of that. And they're looking at me like, like it's like, like I'm speaking a foreign language. And I mean, to be honest, to C's point, it was a foreign language. But I've taken the role of, all right, I'm going to have to lead everybody. And it may not be something that happened in this month or next month. But the best way to, to prove it is to prove it. Right? So the best way for me to convince everybody that this is the way that our family's going to go for the next how many every years is for me to stick with this thing, figure it out from the beginning, and just march the whole family down. So, like, I'll be honest, like, my parents are still asking someone. They've been with me. I've been talking. I'm doing a good job of talking to everybody. Here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Here's what happened during COVID. But I understand that I have a model, somebody that started this process 20-some years ago and stuck through everything, and now we could see what it looks like when you stick with it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I don't have no like, issues sticking, you see what I'm saying? But for me now, it's about leading my entire family now down the path, man. But it was a tricky starting point. And like I said, there's still some navigation with it, but we, we, we ain't, the, ship, the ship is sailing. We ain't going all the way. Absolutely, more. Yeah, for me in the beginning, um, I think the person that it was born to or scariest to was myself mm. because I was doing something that nobody and else nobody in my did. family ever done. Yeah. I didn't even have a, 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 a course to go back to yeah. and a kind of reference to. I didn't have any of that. It was kind of like all of this was new. The only thing that I had, and I promise y'all, that's why I tell y'all it's so important, that vision. Your vision is, that's your roadmap. That's the thing that's going to carry you through when you're hearing all the noise. You're hearing everybody, you know, say, hey, I don't know about that. And I mean, trust me, look, I've been surrounded. I was working at the police department and I would be in a car for eight hours next to a person. Imagine that, and you telling this person your vision and your property and they looking at you like, man, you crazy. You know, so for eight hours, you can't even get out the car with that person. You stuck in the car with that person and you just got a person telling you you crazy. And that's why it was so refreshing to start working with Vince because Vince never told me I was crazy. You know, Vince was like, hey, man, keep doing what you're doing. I don't understand it, but I see you. I see you and that means something. And so for me, it was just, it was, it was, it was uncharted water. But I knew, I knew that I had to do it. I knew that I had, it was just something in me. And I mean, and, and everybody got it, man. Like you was just saying earlier, you know, there's nothing more special about one person than another. God puts something in everybody. And it's something that just burns inside of you. And I don't know if any of you have experienced this yet. And if you haven't, then you need to start meditating and really find out what that one thing is. But it, I, it, it was something inside of me that I just knew I had to do it. I remember being in a police academy Y'all, I was in the police academy. I almost got kicked out. I never told nobody. I almost got kicked out of the police academy because when we used to be in class and talking about criminal law, in the inside of this big book they would give us for criminal law, I would take um, um, investing books and I would have it inside of the book. And while they were talking about criminal law, I was reading about stocks. I was reading about investing. I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad in the police academy when they were talking about criminal law. I'm telling you, it was just something in me that would not allow me to rest. I was just like, I gotta do this. And in the same way, don't get me wrong, I'm not the first person in my family. I'm the first person in my family that said, I gotta do this as far as when it comes to investing. But uh, I think my dad, he's here. He was the first police officer. He said, you know, he came, I told y'all, we come from a family of cops and criminals. And he was, <laughs> <laughs> cops and criminals. 
And he was the one that said, hey, I'm Uncle Milton in the back, like, that's right, that's right. Uncle, 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 Uncle Milton, like, shout out to the criminal side. <laughs> uh, well, I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I, man, we, when we come from a family of cops and criminals, and my dad said, you know what, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be a criminal. You know, I'm gonna be a cop. You know, my dad went to the military. You know, he did everything. He became through the ranks, became a sergeant, you know? And, and go back to that exposure, right? Your level of exposure would determine your level of success, you know? And um, because of that, everybody else on the one side of the family, we got a lot of cops in my family and they followed suit because of what he did. Um, but on the other side, because of what Uncle Milton and them was doing, <laughs> you had them, so. But um, yeah, so it's some things that you have to do. And, and that's why I said, you know, you all are my 300. It's just like, you take this, this, this spirit of, of investing, you take the spirit of legacy, you take this spirit, Ray, of generational wealth, you take this and you just say, no matter what happens, man, no matter what, no matter what nobody say, I'm gonna be that one. They used to call me crazy. They used to call me crazy. Now the same ones that's calling me crazy are calling my phone and asking me to help them out. Guys, the same ones, the same supervisors that wouldn't even let me take off of work are now asking me to help them buy properties. The same ones that told me I was a dreamer and they still working on the job. They started working that job five years before I started and I retired four years ago and they still working the job. Guys, it's crazy, I got this head on to say crazy faith, but if it's not crazy, if people don't think what you're doing is crazy, then what you got planned is not big enough. Um, I wanna go for both of y'all, uh, this is a question for both of y'all. Um, for the people out there, like it's always crazy. You kind of talked about it a minute ago, but like there's somebody out there who's been through Make Real Estate Real. They in the exact same financial position as somebody else who went through Make Real Estate Real. And some people on their fourth and fifth property and some people still standing on the edge watching. Yeah. What do you say to those people? Because I've talked to a few of them here. I ain't gonna point nobody out because I can't see because this character Conan's blind. <laughs> if I could see you, I'd point you out. Um, but no, I talked to a few people that was like, man, we know the information, we got it, we like, we just kind of like, and you see that last little bit of hesitation. Why don't y'all give them some information to help them give, get over that final hurdle? Uh, I read um, Glenn, Glenn Twiddle. He posted something on Facebook a couple of days ago, and it said, um, someone with half your IQ is living a life that's 10 times happier than you right now. Okay. Say that again. Bruh, someone with half your IQ, they ain't as smart as you, they ain't as exposed as you are, but they, they're living a life that's 10 times as happier than yours right now. And I, that's literally, I've been reading it every morning since. And like, that's the thing I want, like I want you to feel it, because like, you, until you get uncomfortable enough with where you are, nothing's gonna change. Mm. And that, that's what got me started. Like literally, when I talked to Maul the first time, I'm looking at Maul, I, I told a story before, Maul is literally, we were in Jersey, 
And I'm watching Maul on his phone, like Maul looking like, I'm talking about like the eyebrows is furrowed and he just, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like we had a cocktail early event, C work in the room and me and Maul just kind of kicking it. And I'm like, he just going, like in the middle of the conversation, he stopped talking, he going, I'm like, dude, what's going on? He introduced me to the concept of real estate. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is something so trans transformative, you know what I'm saying? But to, to the point, like if I don't do, the information is great. Y'all got all the information, the course, the events. But if you don't have that desire that Maul just talked about, something that's burning in you, like I gotta do something, and it's not, let me just say like this, and it's not going to be easy to start. We just talked about it, like you might be the first. Let me see like hands in here, if you're the first in your family, in your sphere of influence, yep. So you are, most of you are the first. So it's gonna be uncomfortable, but I'm just saying, like read that quote over and over again. Someone with half your IQ, someone that's not as exposed, someone who not, they haven't been through half the stuff you've been through. They don't have half the talents you have, but they're probably in Jamaica three or four times a year. Mm. And we celebrating that we here at a one time for a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, where are you going next? Like, I'm just saying, like, it's all in your hands to take. And I'm just saying, that's the mindset that I have now toward it. Yeah, I would say, I would say for me, man, um, Belief is a strong thing. I think that we don't give enough or look more into it, but man, I've been blessed and cursed by, you know, starting Make Real Estate Real. And I'll say I've been blessed and cursed. I've been blessed because I've been seeing people's dreams come true. I've been cursed because I've been watching people with the same information just sit back and do nothing. And that hurts. And it's like, man, what makes a person you know, a person, this person got, two people got the same information and one person executes on it and they're able to purchase several properties, have a million dollar net worth in less than a year or a year's time, or go purchase a multi-unit building and, 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 and have a couple hundred thousand in equity on their first deal. You know, to that person that's just got the information and been holding on to it for a year or two years and haven't done anything. And when I talk to people, I'll talk to both, and I don't know if people know it, when I talk to you, I'm actually studying you. I'm studying, like, what's, because I'm trying to see, like, what, what can we do better on this end? And I promise you, the difference is belief. It's just belief. One person believes that they can do it, so therefore they do it. They believe they can do it, so they go, they attack it a little bit different. When they're actually going to look at that property, they believe that they're going to get that property, so now they are like going with the mindset of ownership already. They're going with the mindset of entitlement. They're going with a mindset of this is mine already. I just gotta now go through the steps to sign my name on the dotted line. Well, that other person is looking at properties in a way of not that this is my property, but uh, maybe they tiptoeing around. You know, y'all always hear me talk about tiptoeing. They're tiptoeing around on it. They're kind of like, no, I might get it, I might not. They, they even say like, well, if I get it, then good. If I don't get it, then it's okay. See, when I first got started in real estate, there was no retreat, no surrender. I used to tell everybody, I am going to get this property. I got so crazy with it. I was putting my hands on the bricks of properties. Vince, can, is, I don't Vince, you here? Is Vince here? Vince Maybe. had a little too much rum punch <laughs> last night. He'd be, Vince, he'd join us for the afternoon Vince session. Vince will remember this, you know? Vince will remember, April will remember. I used to go to properties and I would put my hands on the bricks and I would touch the bricks and I would claim it. Y'all, I knew, I knew it. And I mean, Camille could tell you, I knew that I would be in this position in life. Not necessarily with 
all of you all, but I knew that we would be doing the things in life that we're doing, and I knew that real estate was going to be the vehicle to help us get there. I believed. I'm talking about I believed like no other. My belief level was just crazy at the time, and I think back, and that's why I tell you all, like, man, I don't give this 45-year-old person any credit. This 45-year-old person getting up, and you see me humping every day on the internet because I have something to prove. This form of Jamal has something to prove. The 20-year-old Jamal, the 22-year-old Jamal, he had all of the belief in the world. He didn't have no evidence. He got up every single day and said, I'm going to work towards this vision that we created. Even though I don't have any evidence of anybody else doing this in my life or in my family, I'm going to be the one to do it. That 22-year-old kid had all the belief in the world and would call April all day long. I would bug April like no other. Matter of fact, I used to call April. I didn't have any boundaries. Now I look back, I'm like, man, April was a married woman. I, <laughs> her husband over there laughing. I would call, dude, I would, I promise, because I work midnights. I work midnights in the police department. I would be, like Carl said, I would be looking at properties, and if a good property came up, it'd be two in the morning. I'd be like, call, I'd call April. April. April would be like, hello? And I, I was like, April, hey, is this property? Man, look, it just hit the market. I need to go see this property first thing in the morning. By the time the sun come up, I want to be the first one there. And she was just like, okay, Jamal, okay, okay, I got you. And then she would literally, then I would call sometimes, and April wouldn't want to answer the phone. Her husband would be like, girl, that's Jamal calling. You better answer that phone. <laughs> he was like, I'm trying to retire. And, and so now that Theron's out here, I ain't never, I've been knowing him for 22 years, man. I thank you, bro. I appreciate you just... It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing where you can have a 22-year friendship, relationship with a, with a person of the opposite sex, and both of our spouses, Camille and Ference, they were like straight up. I mean, I talked to April. I, me and April, you look at my call log. I'm talking about you look at her phone, you look at my phone. We probably got at least about 20 to 20, not at least what? We say about 20 times. We talk about 20 times a day. A day. And we were able to, and she bought into my belief. That's something. When you believe, and that, see, that's something that's important too, and y'all remember this. When you believe, and you really believe that belief level that you have, it spills over to your team. And then your team starts believing. But when you are tiptoeing around as the leader and don't believe fully, then your team doesn't believe fully. And I think that is the thing that, that's the difference maker between the ones that's successful and the ones that's not. It's your belief and others can feel your belief. And they respond accordingly to what you believe to be true. Yeah, Carl, I want you to speak for, you know, the people who aren't as aggressive as Jamal. Like, Jamal played football. He invests the same way he played football. It's like, relax. But, you know, he's like, dang. But, you, but, he, but I, I'm being serious. Like, somebody with that personality type, I think it's easy for us to be like, well, I see why Jamal's successful. Look at him. He all buff. He'd probably be intimidating landlords. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's like, dang, I see that. And, Carl, not that you're not buff, but... It, you got a different personality and physique than... So talk to the people out there who like, man, I'm, I'm more laid back, I'm more chill, like, that, you know, I'm not necessarily the outwardly, like, you know, outspoken about to be blowing somebody's phone up, like, 
you know, you obviously are more, I had to tell Carl to call me. I'd be like, Carl, call me. He'd be like, I ain't want to bother you. I'm like, Carl, I've known you for a hundred years, bro, call me. But just you're more laid back in, in nature. Um, talk about investing from your standpoint and speak to the people out there who may not be that, you know, high eye, high pilot, um, you know, to, I guess, the more grounds crew. So the, the first thing that Maul taught me, man, is I think uh, the reason why a lot of people hesitate is just because you don't feel like you're sure, mm. right? And I, it doesn't matter how many times I call Maul about a property, Maul will start with, what's the numbers? So it's not a guessing game, if you get what I'm saying. So you don't have to guess, like, if this property do this, will I? Like, you don't have to guess. When you look at the numbers, fix and flip, when you look at the numbers, the numbers tell you immediately what you need to know. You take your time and you run through, y'all know the 70% rule, y'all know the information now. So for those of you that like want to understand it, that's there. Now the second part of like C saying, like not bothering people, that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm going to be real with y'all. If you're a ground screw in the room, like that's our, it's our superpower and it's our curse at the same time, mm. right? I want you to understand, it's your superpower, like I'm not, y'all in the room, y'all know like Carling, they always joke and say, like, Carl, everybody loves you, bro. Why? Because that's my personality. I'm not going to come over and try to put anything on you that I wouldn't want on myself. But at the same time, when we're thinking about generational wealth, I can't sit back and be totally passive. I'm never going to be mall, but I can't sit back and be totally Carl either. Like, and again, you guys study the assessment as well. Y'all are familiar with the assessment. You have all four right? You are all four of them. You just got to figure out how to activate them when needed, right? So for me, it's like, I can't expect the property manager to know what's in my head unless I call. I know that sounds real simple, but that's what we do. Like, man, I think it, that's their job. They kind of know what they're doing, so I'm not going to bother them. No, they don't know. Like, they don't know what you're thinking. They don't know your plan. Communication is everything. So it's as simple as, hey, let's just start. And I'll be honest, like, and again, April will tell you, I, I started, I don't know how much time April got, but I was calling her just as much as you. Yeah. But just to be real, like, I'm calling, April said, like, yo, I need to know who you are, what's going on. And we formed a relationship. It's not no, like, she just the project manager and the property, like, we formed a relationship. So I'm calling her, and again, that's my skill set. Like, I don't, I don't want to step into the business realm too much because I feel a little sometimes intimidated, not anymore. But you have to understand that it's your goal. It's nobody else's goal. And nobody else on planet Earth is waking up thinking about, you know what, I'm going to make your goal come through today. Nobody's waking up thinking like that. So you have to activate that for yourself. That's good. Ma, you talk about the faith muscle and, and being able to build that up and that belief. And I'm not going to lie to you, like, it's not even just like when you were getting started. Ma still on that heavy. Um, one of the most recent examples is when we were trying to get the 61 property portfolio. Yeah. And it was crazy. I'm just telling the truth. Like, so I know we had put a bid in on it, and it was X amount of millions of dollars, and we was like, all right, cool, we're going to get it. Maul went to every single property. He called me after he walked out of every single property, like, bro, we're about to put this bid in, we're going to get it. And I remember we got, and then we, we got everything put in and submitted the whole bid, everything, and then we got a letter back. And you called me, was reading the letter, and Maul thought that it said we got it. He was like, and it said, have you ever seen where they do like, uh, like a beauty pageant? And they'd be like, congratulations, you are the runner up to, and they make it feel like, so Maul was like, yeah, we, and he was like, wait, you're the first runner up. Yeah, that was my first time reading the letter. And it started, the letter started off with congratulations. 
Hey, that's foul. So all I saw was congratulations. I was like, congratulations. Oh, I called E, I called C. I was like, congratulations. I said, we got it. And it said, you are the runner up. <laughs> and so, I'm, I, and this is just a true story, y'all. So I was like, dang, I was like, man, because Ma was like, man, this is right. It fits our, you know, and I'm going to be really, he was talking about y'all. He was like, I know some of y'all have gotten those properties. He was like, man, this is going to be great for Make Real Estate Real. Of course, we're going to keep some to do ourselves, but we'll be able to get, you know, a lot of these off to our people at a great price, da 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 And so when it didn't happen, like, I was like, dang, I was like hurt a little bit. And then the next day, Maul was still sending me like some of the properties, like, look at this one, this one, they, they could, we could get this one and do this with it. And I was like, okay, he keeps sending me these. <laughs> and so it was like a week later, he was sending it to me again and sending it to me, and I finally was like, hey, Maul, we didn't get it, bruh. And he was like, nah, we gonna get it. And I was like, huh? And I'm, I think it was some guy, it was some gentleman out of Russia yep. who had won the initial bid and Ma was like, I don't know, but God told me it ain't over. And so every day he would send me the properties and be like, look at this one. Look at this three unit. Look at this two unit. I know a perfect investor for this one. I know a perfect investor for that one. And then sure enough, he called me and was like, hey, bro, they late on that deposit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. But he was like, but Ma was pissed because he was like, yo, you late. It's supposed to be like, it's ours now. Right. And they called, and I guess April was calling, and Damon, and everybody was calling, and they was like, oh, we're going to give him a 30-day extension. Yep. And Ma was hot, like, no, nah, that ain't how it's supposed to go. Right. Boy, I tell you, it, the countdown was on. Ma was like, 28 more days, bro, they ain't paid it. <laughs> 13 more days, bro. He was like, if they don't pay it by tomorrow, and by God's grace, the next day they called us and said it's yours. So, um, Y'all give it up for more faith muscle. But I'm a, Go ahead, yep. Yeah, but it, it goes back to what I, you know, spoke about earlier about the belief level. You know, it wasn't just because, of course, I didn't do this on my own, but my team, and it's crazy because the whole team is in the room every week. And everybody that's here can talk about it. Damon, Zeno, Mark, April, we would meet at my house. Every, I'm talking about when they gave the other person, the other guy, the contract. I had everybody meet in my house, and we went through every single I wasn't coming, y'all. I was at the crib, like, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Y'all yeah, still went, beating? And I got pictures of this. I took pictures. April could tell you. I took pictures. And they was like, why are you? Imagine this, y'all. I got some people over my house talking about properties that somebody else they didn't gave to. And I'm having them... Go analyze, go through everything as though it is ours. Not only do I have us go through it, I took pictures. I took pictures of us in my house going over the portfolio. I took pictures of everybody in the room, and I said, because at the end of the day, when we get this portfolio, when we get this, this is going to bless somebody because they're going to be able to see God at work. And to this day, right now, like I said, God is my witness. We spoke this thing in existence. And it's crazy, and let me tell y'all, man, God is gonna leave you clues. God is gonna show you clues. If you really just open your eyes and look, I remember when we was going through the portfolio, when we was going to all 63 properties, I remember having CJ on FaceTime at one point, because we pulled up to a property. And I was wondering at first, you know, sometimes, you know, the enemy can make you think like, oh, you can tiptoe around. Sometimes, oh, maybe it's not ours, maybe it shouldn't. But it was this one property in particular that we went to. I pulled up in front of this property 
And as I pulled up in front of this property, I was like, man, this just looks very familiar. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And we, me and you was just on the phone talking. Yep. And I was just like, man. FaceTime. I was on FaceTime. And I was like, man, this property, this block looks familiar. And I remember looking outside, and, I t and April pulled up. And I was like, April. I was like, did I used to own this property? And April looked and said, yep, this was one of your first properties. One of my first properties was part of the foreclosed package. It was part of the, of the 60, um, three, 61 property portfolio. And when I went inside that property, I might have fixed that, I bought that property maybe about, I don't know, 18 years ago, something like that. And when I went inside that property, I had CJ on FaceTime, I had April there, and me and April was walking through that property, and the other two uh, guys from Russia was walking through the property, and I knew the whole prop, the property looked exactly the same way when I fixed that property up, one of the first properties I ever fixed and flipped. And I remember walking through this property and I just was like, man, I fixed this property up when I was in my 20s. And now this property is back on the market as part of the foreclosed portfolio. And it was just a sign to me that made me say, this is mine. This is mine. This is ours. And I act accordingly. Because of my belief level, April. April acted accordingly. She went to every single property. April did everything imaginable. Because I believe, Zeno did everything imaginable. He went to Damon. He looked up every single title, every single deed. Because of my belief level, Mark was doing everything that he was doing when it came with um, the financing company that we used. When your belief level is to a certain point, everybody else's belief level would automatically go up to where yours is at. And I'm sitting here telling you that portfolio came about nothing more because of my belief, my faith, and because God saw that. And the same thing I used to realize my son, I used that to realize this portfolio. And that was blessing others. Yeah, give it up for more, y'all. Y'all could clap. <laughs> two more things. Two more things and we can get out of here. Um, legacy, right? And generational wealth. These are terms that I've heard, but they were new to me. And when you talk about building that muscle, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't necessarily, can I just be, y'all know me, I like to be transparent. I, I wasn't sure at first I was feeling generational wealth like that. I'm like, he like, your children's children's children. I'm like, I don't know if they need all that. Like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to ball out right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get Candace out the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? I got my baby washing my dirty drawers. Lord have mercy. I'm sorry, boo. Um, but I don't know if I could necessarily say, like, again, not that I wasn't feeling, I wouldn't want them to do well, but, like, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around, like, being gone for 100 years and taking care of, like, my family. You know what I'm saying? From the grave. And you said something one time that just hurt me so bad. You said, I'm going to take better care of my family from the grave than most of y'all are alive. And I think that's the moment where I was like, whoa, like I owe it to my lineage to get everything that God has for me. Talk about, and Carl, you can answer this too, kind of how your perspective changed because of Maul on that. And then Maul, I want you to talk about like where you developed that mindset. Because again, where I come from is like, if you got enough, like we was geeked if we had enough to bury the person, have a sweet repast. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like, your grandma handled her business if that went down. Yeah. You know, and now we saw the video the other day, which was, y'all give it up for the uh, Camille grandmother one time. I mean, I've seen that video before and I know grandma, and you talk about somebody who 90 years old, 
like leaving that type of inheritance. And I don't know if y'all caught that. She leaving cash, money, she leaving, pro like that's insane to be able to do that back in the day. And so now as I've been wrapping my mind around that generational wealth, like when you hear that term, it sounds good and everybody like, but when you really start to embody it. So Carl, how was it for you hearing that, obviously coming from a similar situation as I am where nobody really talked about, oh yeah, I'm gonna make sure my great, 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 grandkids got something to, you know, remember me by and, you know, take them to the next level. So when, when I first heard Maul talk about it, it made me think about the people that came before me. So I was like, okay, I hear them all, but let me go back. And what made it, I'll tell y'all what makes it really, really tough for me. When I go back, I go to my grandmother, see Dallas. Oh. When I spoke about my grandmother, she just passed. And when I tell y'all, this lady had, like, she died, she couldn't hardly write her name or could not read. But her, both her daughters were educated. She did everything. When I tell y'all everything, like, she did. I'm talking about, I grew up with, we had a farm. Like, in, my, in her backyard, dude, it was sheep, goat. I'm talking about any chickens. Bro, she went and did popsicles. Like, what, she did everything. She was ironing folk clothes. Like, I just saw her grind. But I didn't appreciate it until you talked about that. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I grew up, I'm a kid. Like, oh, my grandmother, she's taking care of us. But I look back, and she positioned my, my mom and my aunt to be, my mom was a teacher, 30, 40 years. My aunt worked at Chase Bank. I look at where my aunt and my mom positioned us, my dad. They positioned my brother and I, my, both of us. And again, coming from the Caribbean, guys, it's education, right? So my brother got a PhD in organic chemistry from Michigan State University. That ain't normal. Like, I don't know how many of y'all know somebody with organic chemistry PhD. That ain't normal. I got two master's degrees. That ain't normal. And I'm looking back like, yo, this is my grandmother. You see what I'm saying? So I'm looking like, yo, every generation got better. Yep. Every single one for the last three, the ones that I know of, everyone, I'm sure it goes back further, right? But for the ones that I can tell you in my lifetime, everyone got better. And I'm looking like, okay, what are you gonna do? Mm. Bruh, I got two kids, all right? so. Education's got to be taken care of. Finances got to be, like their life has to be better only because I watched what my grandmother did with zero resources and she made it happen. So now, bro, I feel an obligation that I never could have ever possibly felt until hearing that conversation. So now it's like, dude, this is your whole, it's like, that's what my life is about. My life is about making sure the ones that's coming after me have it better than I did because that's the pattern that my family set up already. Yeah, more generational wealth. Shout out to Train in the back who was like, when my brother Train Aaron met Maul, he was like, Maul, I'm feeling that generational wealth, but I need some situational wealth first. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was like, I feel you, dog, but you know what I'm saying? We're gonna get the, uh, the situational wealth conference going for all of us who just, <laughs> we just getting started, you know? Um, he really said that too. <laughs> so, generational wealth, like, did, what did you see or what influenced you to be like, okay, not only am I going to have it and have this incredible life, but I'm going to be able to pass it down, down, down. And even, even seeing beyond your kids, right? Your kid, you know, shout out to Yanni, just, you know, freshman at Michigan State, you know, Jazzy, 14, Lil' J, you know, uh, seven years old. Like, how did... How did you begin to think about your great, great grandkids? Like, where did that come from? Did you see somebody talking about it or what? Yeah, um, it was just, so, so when Camille and I, like we, like the way how we set up Make Real Estate Real and we, the cost of you and the future cost of you, all of that stuff is real. Like I literally just took my life and how I started out and I put it into a course for everybody else. And 
I was just like, when I saw how everything actually worked out, exactly how, how we got a building for every bill, and I saw how, you know, Camille retired at the age of 22, never worked a job again. I saw how um, we were able to live this phenomenal life. I said that I did not want it to stop. I was like, bro, this is a blueprint. I was like, this is a blueprint. Like, literally, I probably just changed my family's trajectory for the next 100 years. How can I maintain this, though? And I think maintaining is something. You hear about all types of people that, 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 that maybe had riches, and I've seen it with football players. You know, I've had a lot of friends that played in the NFL, $30 million net worth. And then all of a sudden, now, 20 years later, they got a $200,000 net worth. I just went out and I'm coaching a guy that made $120 million in the NBA. He had the first, one of the first $100 million contracts. I just went out to dinner with him and coaching him in real estate right now. Uh, right now, his net worth is less than $200,000. And he's only 40, 46 years old. And I'm like, man, there's something wrong. It's like, bro, we getting the money, but then we not setting up. He, and now he heard me speak and I had a two hour conversation with him. I literally seen a grown man cry, an NBA champion, got his ring, cry, talking to me. I literally had to give my man a hug while he was talking. He said, man, I wish I would have met you like 10 years ago. He said, if I just would have met you 10 years ago, he said, I could have put just $10 million to the side. He said, I got three kids. And he said, bro, they worse off than what I was when I first started playing basketball. He said, I had $120 million in my hands. And he said, it's all gone now. And I'm only 46 years old. I, bro, I was like, we both started crying. I, I, was, <laughs> I was crying with him. Oh, man. I was like, man. But it, it, it made me say, wow, like, it is that simple. And this is on a larger scale. Like, I'm, he's, and he's looking at me now, and he's like, bro, your net worth is like where I used to be. And he's like, and you're doing it all over. You, 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 you maintaining it. You're able to keep it. And he's like, I, I don't know what to do from this point. He told me, man, he's like, I'm, I'm lost. And he's like, I'm lost. And he said, Jamal, it's not just me. There's hundreds of us. NBA, NFL, he said, bro, we don't know what to do. And he said, we have the money, and we don't know what to do. I'm speaking to people that's getting the money, and I'm teaching people that's getting the money. He said, all of us have the money and we don't know what to do with it. And so I've just, I've just always seen people, and I worked with people that was just always about them. You know, it's just like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get promoted. I'm trying to get this money to get this house. I'm trying to get this money to get this car. And it was never the next level. It was almost like, okay, well, I got it. Now my kids, you, you, you start right at square one where I did. And then now you got to fend for yourself. And then we teach our children how to do exactly what it is we did. And so I was just like, man, what if I can change? Like, what if I can change it? What if I can teach my children, not only, not only teach them, but set them up? Set them up in a way now where they understand what generational wealth is. Understand that now it's on you. The same thing how we set you up, I need you to set your children up and your children's children. And I think that was important. And then even still, when, I, even when you talk about Camille and stuff like that, you know, when, 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 when I said my vows, and I remember saying it. I hated saying to death do us apart. I hated that part. I wanted to take it out. Not at the time I didn't, but why does death have to do us apart? Death can do us apart physically, but I promise you death ain't gonna do us apart financially. Mm. 
I promise you. Death don't have to do us apart spiritually. And so it was important for me to be able to set these things up, man, where it's like, I look at the wheel that I showed you all the other day. And it's like, man, my great, 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 great grandfather, he, he didn't have much, but what he had, he was able to set his family up. And who knows what that one act of kindness did? How did it position? If he didn't do that, I can't say that I, you know, I, one of my favorite movies is Back to the Future. If, if somebody, if he wouldn't have did that will, who knows where I would be? Who knows where my mother would be? Who knows where her mom would be? Who knows where her grand, who knows? And so one act of kindness, I think that we don't, we think that we need 120 million like the guy that lost it. We don't need that. You just need something small. One life insurance, pop. everybody in this room need to make it mandatory in your family. It's mandatory, everybody has to have life insurance. My little six-year-old son got life insurance. My six-year-old son got a life insurance policy. My 14-year-old daughter got a life insurance policy. My 18-year-old daughter has a life insurance policy. And if anything happens to them, I don't need the money. The money is going to the trust. It goes to the family trust. And then on top of that, I just got these life insurance policies for each one of them so that the day they have a child, I'm gonna make the child the beneficiary. So I'm already, I just made my grandkids millionaires just by putting their name on a policy that my children had ever since they was born. That's the generational wealth. And then when my grandchildren are born, now it's my child's responsibility or the trust's responsibility to put a life insurance policy on that child. So now we're ensuring that we got at least three generations of millionaires. It's that simple. It's that simple. So I think that for me, it was just important just to make sure that throughout the, the, the you know, generations that we have a certain comfort level, that we have a certain life. Because I noticed that a lot of people are just going through life without really experiencing life. You know, a lot of people are not getting what I call the true, the true experience of life. You know, and, and, and Candace and Camille, they always had this thing, you know, they always sit up and every time we go places um, and travel, they say, man, what kind of life is this? It's something when you can go places and you don't have to worry about things. And you're not just going to, you know, like I got a lot of friends, we used to travel and, you know, it's like, okay, cool. They get on a plane and it's like, all right, well, we're going to sit in the back of the plane, coach. You know, we're going to get the cheapest ticket. And then we get to the whole, yeah, we're in another country, but it's like, I'm going to get the cheapest hotel at this other country. And it's like, you're just always doing the cheapest thing. And it's just like, you're not getting the full experience of what this place has to offer. And so that, that's been my thing. I want my children, I want my grandchildren. I want someone 100 years from now to talk about me the same way I'm talking about my great, great, great grandfather on stage. I want them to sit back and say, my life is the way it is because of what this man did. I want them to be able to stand up here on the stage or wherever they're at in life and say, this man, not only did he set us up 100 years ago, but he set up thousands of families across the world for generational wealth. So I think that's why it's important to me, bro. Dr. King, y'all. Um, y'all know what else is important to me? Oh, come on, well, y'all know what else is important to me? <laughs> Shout out to Organifi, the Superfood Green Juice Powder, keeping this podcast powered up throughout our days, man. Shout out to anybody. I think I got some with me. If anybody wants some, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. You know what I'm saying? See me in the back. Um, but we in Jamaica, man. Can I get a yeah, man? Yeah, man. Last uh, thing that y'all want people to take 
um, as we, you know, go up. We got a few more days left here together. We're going to have a great time. Can't wait for the white party, all of that. Uh, it's phenomenal. And for those of y'all who just listening to this podcast, you should be here because this is an amazing time. Just the energy, man, the people have been fantastic. Give yourselves a round of applause, man. Just being a phenomenal group, um, you know, just having a fantastic time, man. We went out on the boat last night. What a, uh, what a ride. Uh, just magical. Um, but what's one thing that you hope people take away from Jamaica when they leave? If you say, Carl, you just said, man, there's one thing I'm hoping people take and then maul you. So Maul just said something that just had my mind rolling. Like, do you understand the amount of decisions that had to be made for you to be where you are right now? Like, I just want that to settle for a second. Like, for those of you here in Jamaica, for those of you listening to it, wherever you are right now, like your mom, your dad, one or two little different decisions and you're not here, good or bad. <laughs> um, but just to be real, think about the amount of decisions that happen. I'm talking about, like, we can't number them, but yet you were here. So I want you to understand that you are here for a reason right now, not 100 years ago, not 100 years in the future. Right now, you are here. And I want you to understand what that means. It means that there's a big purpose for every one of us sitting here right now. Like a big purpose. You're not, it's not accidental, right? This is very, very intentional. So I want everybody to be serious about that. I don't care what it looked like, what happened, what's going on, whatever. Like you were here for a reason. And to Maul's point, I want you all to like spend some time meditating and figure out like, yo, what is my one purpose here on earth? Right? What's the thing that I have to do that's going to impact everybody else around me? Because it's not an accident you're here. So I want you to take that seriously. Like, I'm here for a reason. And Planet Earth was Beyonce's song. I was here. Planet Earth is going to know that I was here. So I want you all to really, really take that seriously. Basin sensation, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. More. What's one thing you want people to take from Jamaica? When they leave, they get back on the plane, headed to wherever they headed. What's the one thing you hope they take away from here? Yeah, exposure, you know, and I say this all the time, your level of exposure will determine your level of success. Your level of exposure will determine your level of success. I mean this, you know, you are connected with so many different people. You don't know who's all in the room. Everybody has something about them, you know, that can, that can, that can help you or benefit you in some kind of way. You know, um, get exposed, continue. Continue to go out the exposure at all costs. I mean, if you just think about it, you know, April had tons of clients before she met me, but I made myself known. I got exposed to the thing that I wanted to become. I mean, y'all really just think about that. I wasn't a real estate investor until I got exposed to real estate investors. And then once I got exposed to it, I went into the front of the line because I went in on it. Anything, just think of, look at my life right now. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm, I'm an international motivational speaker. I've never been an international motivational <laughs> I've never been one until I got exposed to it. I'm sitting here telling you, this is for real. They all hear me say this, and I think now people have taken that, your level of exposure, determine your level of success, and made it cute, made it to like a little saying, but it is so true. CJ never was a real estate investor until he got exposed to it. Now all of a sudden, now he got a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. I'm sitting here telling y'all, this is so true. Whatever it is you want to do in life, get exposed to it on a high level and watch how unconsciously and consciously how it changes your life. 
So go after it. Then when you go to these resorts and things like that, don't just go with like, oh man, this resort is sweet. Oh man, they sweet. I, I used to, ever since I was in my 20s, I would come to resorts like this and I would see what made Camille smile the most. Mm. I would see, like, what, what was it? What was it about it? Like, what was it? You know, man, we get in the hot tub and she just lit up. Like, why, why is she lighting up in the hot tub? So then I would go ahead. EG podcast, bro. We like, <laughs> don't need to hear about no lighting up in hot tubs. You know what I'm saying? Keep that to yourself. <laughs> hey, listen, dog. Ain't nothing worse than Channel 2. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she would light up and I would say, man, what's, the, what's that all about? All right, let me go ahead and put a hot tub in my house so I can get that smile all the time. Okay, cool. What, what this, this, this hotel room, why is it that she likes, you know, why she feel more comfortable in a hotel room? Nobody, she should never feel more comfortable in nobody else's room than a room that's in our house. So let me go ahead now and take what I just experienced in Jamaica and bring it to my home. That's why my house looked the way it looks. Y'all ain't no more had a jerk chicken hut in the basement. Just <laughs> down there. Anytime Camille wants, she just got jerk chicken. Hey, not only are we about to have a jerk chicken hut, I'm about to have Uncle Milton on the grill in a jerk chicken hut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, take, so, so when you go places, take what it is that, like, take something, take the one thing that you experienced that made you feel good, and then bring that thing back to your home. That's how I create. I put a nightclub on the top floor of my home. Not because I like dancing, but because I knew that, you know, whenever I have friends come over, you know, people wanted to listen to music. They wanted to go places. And I noticed that every time we traveled, we would go places and turn up. I mean, me, Camille, Candace, um, and C was on, um, what country was we in? Where was we at? Was it Mexico? Mm -hmm. Oh, we had the club to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We had a club to ourselves. And we was just going to the DJ and, and the DJ was playing music and things like that. And it was just a good feel good. You take those things that feel good in your life you, that you've been exposed to and you bring it home. And then all of a sudden, unconsciously, you'll have this phenomenal life that will make you feel good also. Y'all give it up for the fellas. Give it up for yourselves. Help me close it out. We out of here. We love you. We'll see you next week. Let's go. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul. Thank you so much for rocking with us as always, right? We don't take it lightly, guys. And we hope that we've provided transformation and not just information. We want you to become the best version of yourself, right? Make sure you check out the show notes to access all the important links and get your product discounts. Now, one favor we're asking of you, do us this favor. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We want to know your feedback and how we can serve you better. And if there's anyone that you think can benefit from listening to this show, please, I beg and you please share it with them and remember as e always says if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe then you'll be successful